Hello and welcome to another episode of the St. George's Rod and Staff, the official podcast of the Church of St. George the Martyr in Kailstrup, alongside the chaplains of St. Mark and St. Monica's. I am Lindsay Shooters, your host, on this exploration of faith during this time of continued crisis. And I am joined, as always, in his lounge by the rector of our parish, the Archdeacon Rodney White. How are you doing today, sir? So good to see you in, in reality. In the flesh. <laughs> I'm Lindsay now, through the grace of God, I'm doing well, um, family's also okay. We've uh, just spoken about my procedure the other day, and yeah. I said I had a very good experience and found the staff great at Vincent Pilotti. I even said that I think Vincent Pilotti would be very grateful that his spirit still exists uh, in the hospital. Um, and um, the procedures, I'll hear the results on Monday. I trust God for future, and I thank everybody for thinking and praying for me during this time um just to say that ash when and uh, you and your family are doing all right you were dog sitting today uh, yes i was dog sitting and child sitting a little bit yeah. um fighting with my sinuses as well uh but yeah i i have an interesting history with vincent pilotti i pitched up there with an inflamed colon once wow. um and they pumped like two ivs of paracetamol into me um, to help with the pain and then set me on my way two, three, two and a half hours later. And then I was limping out, <laughs> holding my abdomen. And the lady said to me, oh, sir, you can't leave until you've paid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the inevitable <laughs> conclusion to the conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, fine. I'll limp to the car and go fetch my wallet and come back. <laughs> That's not a nice experience. No, no, not at all. Uh, yeah, uh, the Transfiguration Sunday and suddenly it's Lent again. Yeah. Do you know, it's really interesting that only in recent, I mean, probably recent as one or two years ago, that I discovered, discovered right in front of my eyes, that Transfiguration Sunday precedes at Ash Wednesday and the Lenten season. Okay. And of course, you ask, isn't that a, a great theological um, research to be done about that? Why does Lent start with just soon after we had this, the brightness of the yeah. light on the mountain, the voice and all of that, and suddenly you're in the valley? Yeah. Doesn't it relate to when Jesus comes down from the mountain? They wanted to build tents upstairs. Yeah. And Jesus brings them to the valley. So yeah. Lent is the valley experience, the where where the issues of life, the issues of the journey of life, everyday life um, that, that we encounter here as citizens of the world yeah. as well. And where does he come from? He comes down to be with us again. Transfiguration almost uh, 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 re helps us rediscover the importance of the incarnation. Mm. It comes down to, to embody what we're going through, yeah. to share our humanity. So I think it's a, it's a tremendous way in which the lectionary and the liturgical years set out. Um, and then Ash Wednesday starts on Wednesday, and I want to wish you well. As you think about what this journey to the cross meant from the time of Jesus' um, 
challenge in the desert with the devil as the story tells us and what does it mean going towards easter so god bless you on your journey and please pray for us as we put together the services um, and also to um I, I may be under operation i don't know i'll hear on monday either way god bless us as a church on that journey so you won't be able to have pancakes on shrove tuesday i probably will not have as it says no per month <laughs> i'm probably gonna have to in yeah understand Pan pancakes is quite high up on my my list for good foods for tasteful <laughs> foods for naughty foods <laughs> i will have a few in your honor okay, thank you very <laughs> in much. your stead <laughs> Have Unfortunately, with the COVID issue, we just can't have pancakes show Tuesday on, on at the church itself. Yes. But we can encourage people to make pancakes at home. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a it's a, it's a great tradition. I one one that I think resonates more with with the child in me than it does with, with grown up me. Uh, but talking about that, normally you enjoying the pancakes with your family, and we are obviously still within this idea of rebuilding the family the basic theme and this week it's we focus on fellowship or communion within the family and that is koinonia that beautiful word that i always thought was a place until not too long ago wow <laughs> well look it's it's one that i picked up in my theological studies at seminary yeah. and one that stuck with me um and why it sticks with me is because of the, let's call it for want of better identification, the grace prayer yeah. that um, St. Paul had um, given us. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with us. So yeah. grace is associated with Jesus, um, the person and work of Jesus, the love of God. Um, love is associated with love and with the Father, with Creator. And then the fellowship of the Holy Spirit so um, is associated with the work of the Spirit. So the Spirit, through the work of grace, through the work of God's love, continues to draw us into the community of God, to share in community with God. So that's always been the, 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 the driving point for me, um, how grace, love, and, and koinonia are brought together. Yeah. Um, and so we share in... The mystery of who God is, God shares in the mystery of who we are because He made us, because we don't even know the mystery about ourselves, really, and of all creation. So we are all caught up in that connectedness, that connectedness between God and ourselves, creation and ourselves. Yeah. So no wonder you, you, you understand when Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your neighbor as yourself, and hopefully our neighbor is creation. The created order other than humans as well yeah so that there'd be, there'd be that sense in which we are living in respect of each other we are living in toleration to difference and we 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 we, um, we understand that we're not all meant to be the same and diversity yeah. is embraced in koinonia and we can then build up a, a community in which peace and justice are ruling values between us and um, build a society based on that, yeah. particularly for our children. Unlike, of course, right now when Russia is invading the world, oh, invading his, his, um, <laughs> Ukraine, not as a way of showing fellowship, but a way of usurping uh, 
the Ukrainians into Russia as a way of force and power. Yeah. So obviously that is totally opposite to the sense of Koinonia. Koic as more than just coexistence, mm. it's interdependence on each other because we are interdependent of each other. Yeah. Um, so we need God, we need us, we need each other, and we need the world around us and the resources. So we must work together, not destroy each other. That's what we're doing with um, with the fact that we are throwing plastics into the sea yeah. and we are bombing each other up, uh, taking human lives just as if it um, should just be accepted and the world must just look on yeah. for fear of full-scale war. <laughs> I, I, I've, I, I don't profess to have any deep insight into the, the Russia-Ukraine thing. I know kind of the facts around it, how it all came to be, how it's not just a sudden invasion that's been yes. on the boil since like 2014. Yes. Um, but I have been marveling at inaction, paralysis more than anything else. It's like the whole world cannot actually believe that this is happening. The audacity. Yeah. yeah. And it's like the leaders are just asking, like, like, please stop. And Putin is like, no, I'm not going to. I'm just doing the thing. And we're all like, no, but you can't do the thing. And he's like, why? <laughs> I just listened before you came. I was listening to a YouTube from Rachel Meadow, yeah. one of America's top journalists. And she was interviewing a um, guy who owns a, a restaurant in Kiev. Yeah. And um, they were living in the building, and um, so Kiev people are running out of it, but they've chosen to stay because they don't know where to go, yeah. and they don't know how safe it is to get outside, yeah. and they can hear the bombings all over the show. So they chose to, some of the neighbors in the flats where he was living in, stood, were living in the basement part of the, yeah. the flats. And then he said, <clears throat> man, please help us. Yeah. And I looked from where my little Watson was and said, what am I, what can I do except to pray for you? Yes. Um, what can I do? I can't send guns. I don't have them. I can't send money. I don't have money yeah. to send you. Who, who, who was he speaking to? The people that can make a difference. Yeah. Um, NATO. Um, I don't know where South Africans army stands in the, <laughs> the, the list of what's the name. And how, how much uh, Cyril can, can offer to assist them. Yeah. But it is. Your hands are tied. Yeah. And this, these guys that have that kind of level power to deal with it. China's closed its eyes, according to what the news reports have said. Yeah. Um, it was very interesting. Wuhan said China's closed its eyes and Pakistan's ears are closed. Yeah. Um, and, and poor Biden is, is the one that the whole world is looking to yes. to do something. So it's a real, I agree with you, it's, it's, it's a real powerless situation. I mean, in my mind, I was saying, could somebody else just bomb Russia right now <laughs> and get wow. him to take his troops around and around? That's just the human yeah. side of me, you know? Because he's not even listening to the people on the streets in Moscow and other yeah. parts of Russia saying to him, we don't want war with these people. Why do you want war? Yeah. Yeah, but when does politicians ever listen? Yeah, I, I think this transcends politics and 
I I don't know. I have I have for one of the few times in my life I have absolutely nothing of value to add to the conversation. Like I feel like I have nothing valuable to add because I don't have a solution. I don't have. It's just like <laughs> I I I got very sad when Biden said that they won't be committing ground troops. Yeah. And I actually thought Kiev was going to fall last night. Because obviously recording this on Saturday. I didn't believe that they would last 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And they're still going. They are still fighting. And they've won a couple of um, strategic skirmishes. The civilians who are out there taking up arms. The calls to action have been bizarre. Where Zelensky was calling on foreign volunteers to come in. And they'll give them weapons. And... It's it's just it's so insane to have lived through the last two years, and then just as we were turning a corner, this happens. Mm. Somebody said in a comment to one of these programs, as if there's no, as if there's not enough misery in the world yeah. caused by humans. Now we have to add another one too. Yeah. So so that says a lot about us as 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 humanity, and what goes on in the valley, as we said yeah. earlier. What what goes on in the valley, and uh, is Jesus is coming down from the mountain and not staying up there? Some way in us saying um, that he trans he, he descends into our real misery. But now we're looking for Jesus as the one who can do something miraculous that yeah. can end things like that. Because, I mean, I was looking to God as the policeman. Can't you just beat it up <laughs> or something like that? You know, now the mind thinks, man, about these yes. things. Um, so the question again comes up in all of this. How does God act in all of this? And that's, that's where some people either lose their faith because yes. they see God as impotent. Or where they, like, I don't think people can can grasp, we, we struggle to grasp that the way God deals with suffering is that he embodies. We, we don't, we, we can't see that embodiment is a solution. You see, we, we, we you should rather in our minds, um, okay, embody it, but, you know, uh, take out the weapon and beat these guys who yeah. keep causing trouble yeah. in your world. You know, we, 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 we'd like to, to get God Give God that message. Yeah. But maybe we're missing something big when he embodies this, you know. Um, I mean, he knows Putin, uh, Putin is, a, is a troublemaker. Yeah. And, and, and uh, a guy who does these kinds of things with saying to the world, I dare you to take me on. I yeah. mean, he literally, which is what Hitler did, eh? dare you to take me on. And other people in the world, other dictators and forms of, uh, you know, um, all around the world, the history proves there. Yeah. They, even if they win a little battle, it boosts their ego. Yeah. You know? So if this one man is on a whole ego trip, the cost of human life. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I know there's, there's, there's a lot more to it. I'm, I'm curious to see whether Germany is going to enter the fray just in terms of having an opinion because <laughs> yeah. yeah. obviously they are suckling on the teeth of of russia's 
um, gas gas lines. Um, but yeah, it, it's a it's interesting that you say that because remember my walk on my issue with the walking on water thing, and then you look at the first miracle that you said to have been occurred, and that was not an embodiment miracle. That was a request to like please solve this problem. So that's the first glimpse of, in the Bible, of Jesus's otherworldly abilities. And is that, was that put in place to kind of just flex, to kind of show off his ability? And then is it wrong for people to feel let down, to feel disappointment? when the God that they believe in doesn't intervene in the way that they expect. I, I think that when we go back in our conversations, yeah. since we started the podcast, Job was part of our conversations. Yes. And how it took, let, let, let's just do this, 42 chapters before we, we hear God and Job speak to each other. Yeah. And in the way God... Um, managed that conversation and even when we thought his friends were telling him something good that we would have thought was good advice God didn't deem as good advice yeah in my advice so yes I think that now that I'm in right some a context has arisen yeah and here we are faced with rereading again uh, re-entering into the event of the of the month Transfiguration. Yeah. And we see God in Christ um, coming down from the mountain, having said to the disciples, We're not here to build tents. Um, God saying that it's important that you listen to Jesus. Yeah. So the challenge we have are. The fact that, as you say, many things, many things are going on. So you ask yourself the question, who is Putin listening to? Because, because he's listening to something. There's many factors. We, we, yeah. In his own mind, there's many factors. So we say we, we need to listen to Jesus in the valley. Because he's coming down to embody our struggle. Um, and, and we see loss of life because bombs take life. Yeah. And we hear a two-and-a-half-year-old child's father leaving their home to go into the streets of Kiev with his little gun yeah. to face this army of people coming down towards them. And we hear a man in a shelter saying, Help us. And this whole sense of our own powerlessness Mm. When this thing happened, Archbishop of Canterbury wrote up a prayer, gave a statement. So the response of our church was to have the prayer was written and disseminated. Yeah. So is prayer a response? Is the call on God's intervention? It's a call on God's protection over the people. It's a call on God to 
to help us find ways to stop this from yeah. happening. Until now, nothing like that seems, no intervention has happened. Is that, a, from a sense of powerlessness, is prayer then an action of powerlessness? Where is a response of embodiment of the situation going on in the Kiev region at the moment? Is prayer a way in which we are asking God to act where we can't act? Yeah. Um, and when will God act? When is, when is it the world? Uh, in heaven, uh, as it is in heaven, uh, let it happen, so on, uh, as the prayer of Jesus. Lord. So, so, Lord, we know that heaven is described as a peaceful place. So, can't the... The, the, the Ukrainians experience peace and not have the atrocities of a war yeah. that in their minds they don't deserve. They never did anything to Russia. So, and then Archbishop announced what the church was doing to the world. So, saying that the church doesn't have weapons, the church doesn't have money the church doesn't have a conversation with 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 Putin yeah but we're letting the world out there know Kiev Kiev Ukraine is our concern and how are we addressing this concern is through prayer and a, and a public announcement that we are saying in some way in some way we are standing alongside you as we're praying that the weapons of war will be silenced. Is that enough? Is that a statement of powerlessness? Do we share in their powerlessness? Mm. So when Jesus comes down from the mountain with the disciples into the chaos of the valley, what does he do? And then we have Ash Wednesday. Yeah. He meets evil in the deserted place place of powerlessness where his identity as god is being challenged what relevance do you have to the world if you say you are this mm. then make bread for the poor if you are this jump from the mountain how does that help us help the people of Ukraine. It won't produce guns. Is guns the solution? Should NATO be jumping in? Yeah. Because those are the... If there's war, how do you counter war? Can you... Is prayer enough to counter war? Is understanding the liturgical cycle enough to come to war? What does it do to help us help bring an end to that? Yeah. That's the challenge we have. We're in the midst of all of this. That whole thing will come out again. God, where were you? Where are you? Mm. Well, I'm standing here facing evil on your behalf. I'm facing evil on your behalf. As my identity is challenged, so is yours. I'm not running away from evil, I'm facing it. How are we meant to face evil? When evil is produced, when the actions of evil produced 
with the violence of the gun. As you say, there are many factors we perhaps don't know about. But if you have a problem with another brother in your on, on your bordering state, talk to one another. Yeah. Putin, why didn't you have the guts to do that? Or is there something more in all of this? And are you holding the world hostage because you seem to have the control of petrol and gas in that area? Oh. <laughs> but that's the, the theological faith life challenge we must do. How do we interpret God? in all of this and how so I'm doing it here from the bottom of Africa or the top of Africa I don't know which way the map is going. Bottom. <laughs> <laughs> but how am I meant to relate to my brothers and sisters in Ukraine I mean I can't say I got your back yeah except that I'm praying for you would they say we appreciate that I'm sure they would Thank you for thinking about it, but help us. You know. Yeah. So how does our faith move us now into action? And should we say to Sarle, you have the tamahawks that's the best in the world. Go and give it to them. Would that be the solution? Would Ooh, that, would that, that cause more problems? Will that cause more problems? So do you see we're in a yeah. bind? We're in a bind. So then the question is how do you deal with and I deliberately say with bullies? When they're at a distance. Yeah. How do we empower those who are bullied to stand up to the bully? I mean, a remarkable president who says, my family can go in hiding, but I'm going to be with my people. Yes. And it cost me my young life, but I'm here where they're coming to. Yeah. And even though it may look as if those in the city of Kiev have got toy guns over against what is coming from Russia, yeah. we're going to stand here. And will that cause enough resistance? I mean, maybe we should go into the Elijah narrative and say, Lord, you sent angels to guard mm. that situation and there was, an, there was eyes that were blinded to it, showed the eyes to see. Are we meant to use that as a way of saying, Lord, Send you old holy angels to really God. Mm. What has happened has now happened, but now let it stop. I don't know. I, I like something that you introduced. The idea, like I've always said, for me, prayer is more meditation. And it's in that quiet moment when you, it's just you and your thoughts that you tend to find clarity and a lot of people will attribute that to the grace. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's, it's it's in those quiet moments, and we haven't had an opportunity to have those quiet moments. And to your point of like, who is Putin listening to? Like he's just surrounded by a bunch of yes men. Everybody else has been poisoned and <laughs> exiled and always on the run or is dead um all voices of dissent are, are out the window but i think with the economic or at least with the global economy in the state that it is 
where everything is interdependent. Yes. I think you're going to start having some people within the Kremlin starting to say, yo, dude, it's not worth it. Mm. Especially when, when they start figuring out how many Russian lives are being lost. Because that's the, that's the tragedy of it all, is he is presenting the strongman idea, but he's also lying to his country. Because there are Russians dying on the battlefield in numbers that they are not being reported accurately within Russia. They're not allowed to report it apparently yeah. according to that. But you know, let me just add, if, if we didn't have, I didn't have the narrative of the transfiguration yeah. and the narrative of the temptation in the desert, I would have no narrative through which I can hope. I would have no narrative that would encourage me to pray. Yeah. To, I would have no narrative to embrace my own powerlessness when a brother saying, help us from mm. a bunker. I, out of these narratives, I draw hope and strength. As they face death. I mean, they do literally face death. Yeah. Um, but, but I don't know how I can change, unless, unless we all decide to get into a plane and fly into <laughs> to Kiev and say to Russia, now we dare you to shoot us down as we sit with our brothers and sisters there. Is that what the Transfiguration is telling me? When he comes down into the valley to embody, you know, would, would the protests in Russia, should we go to Russia and say, I'm going to stand alongside those who are protesting against us? Yeah. You know, is there a, an, a, an incarnate way, a fleshly way that I can show this is so? But you know, there's also this voice that says, it's important that we must give attention there, but everyday people are in chaos and, and crisis in our own country. Yes. And we probably forget because we're in here, you know, we, we're not going to. Um, and do we then think uh, 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 about the narratives that Scripture gives us? Mm. It says, if he comes down from what he gloriously could have stayed on top of the mountain for, to embrace our chaos, then how do we embrace the daily chaos yeah. that our brothers and sisters on, 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 in, in our own communities are facing, in our own homes are facing? You know, uh, because I mean, family, we, we've concentrated on family, we know that there are families that have experienced World War Three already yeah. in their homes, couples in their marriages. Often, often the um, misinformation campaign happens. Mm. People are sworn to silence when they victimize. Um, the, Putin is doing nothing different than what a bully does to those that they are victimizing. Yeah. Um, Putin is nothing that a family now wants to cover up, telling the Russian people, don't talk about this. Don't use words like in, invade, invasion. Mm. You know? so, so don't say things are wrong with us. Just, just you know, we don't want the world to know what's going on, uh, our, our, our intentions. So, so this is a lesson, I think, um, Lindsay, yeah. And whilst we have something happening like it does happen, but it does open up our mind's eye to say, hold it, but how do we do it 
when people are living with chaos in their daily lives, mm. do we get alongside them? We get alongside the victim, the hungry, the homeless, the, the unemployed in ways that give them courage to know they're not alone in the struggle. Yeah. So, so when we're thinking about the whole essence of koinonia, that's what I think happens. It's, cre it's creating fellowship with people and drawing mm. them into community with you and and um, and not just drawing them in community but that community must be must have the essence of community because then that community will create hope a community that will enable people to find themselves mm. to have a sense of an emerging restoring identity um, and to recognize that in the transfiguration Jesus gave up the glory to embody us in our struggle but then there's this interesting thing and and, and I like the way you you were addressing that community building um, where you because in Acts um, 2, verse 44 to 47, it kind of paints the picture of the grassroots revolution of that movement and how it was growing. And it leans into the idea that I've introduced in this podcast already where it was. After Jesus was crucified, the world carried on. Yeah. <laughs> like, like there wasn't... It was only his followers that okay. had sorrow. But it's not like Rome suddenly, <laughs> you know, yeah. fell or any... Like the world carried on. Yeah. And it will be the same. It was the same with Israel and Palestine. There Israel was firing rockets at Syria, another territory that they've taken in the hill areas there. And they've been feel, they've, they've feeling slighted now. And just if... Kiev falls tomorrow. This is what I'm interested in, is like what comes next. It's the inevitable is going to happen. Either Kiev falls and we all get really upset about it. And then next week there's something new on the news agenda. Or the US enters the fray and we have World War Three. And it's like... How do we as an international community, how do we embody something like, and all who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and their belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had, as any had need. And day by day, attending temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor for, with all people. Like, how... How do we carry on from these traumas, be it in the home, in your family, in your wider family, when you know that uncle so-and-so is beating on the so-and-so every day, but you can't say anything? Like, how do we as people just... My response to what you're saying, it was just interesting that when, I, when you mentioned World War Three and Homes, I... You know, World War One and World War Two all happened in Europe. Why? But that's another historical yeah. point, right? Um, all who believe 
came together and had all things in common. What emerges, what emerged from World War II and World War I, I mean World War II, NATO came into being. But NATO came into being as a so-called peacekeeping force, yeah. although now the eye for many years has been on Russia. Yeah. So it's always been that Russia is going to complicate, complicate things. So, so there's a belief and now there's a NATO. Yeah. Right? Here in this situation, NATO seems powerless and doesn't seem to work, even though Kiev, I mean, Ukraine is part of NATO. Uh, no, they're not yet. They said the other day they were, or they supported NATO. Yeah, they, they need, yeah, it's one of the, the solutions that's been touted was that they quickly get fast. They've been trying for like the last four or five years. Yeah. So if we really believe that family needs to emerge from brokenness, through brokenness, developing good communication, developing better relationships, mm. towards experiencing koinonia on a day-to-day -day basis, then um, um, transcending the ashes of brokenness mm. should be what do we really believe. If we believe in Koinonia, then we need to work towards that. Because in there, the common good is shared. So, so when South Africa came to that pinnacle, be it that FW de Klerk was part of it, yeah. and uh, Kodesa and all of that kind of stuff happened, 1994 broke on. We had, we had prophets like Desmond Tutu talking about the rainbow people of God. Mm. Now, if we truly believe in that idea, how do we carry it forward when you suddenly have politicians beginning to talk a different language? Mm. So if we, if we don't talk a common language that fosters uh, a koinonia, and Truth be told, in Quinonia, honesty must be there. So it's not as if you're not going to be challenged by forms of brokenness again. Yeah. But if you're building Quinonia for the common good, you'll, be, you'll have grown towards where you've got an infrastructure to deal with any form of brokenness. Now that you know what impact brokenness can have, mm. you know what impact World War II had, World War I had, what impact um, apartheid had, separation. Yeah. If we are working towards the understanding of a rainbow people of God, was that only Desmond Tutu's belief? And so he practiced it around the circles where he was. But what about the rest of us? Yeah. When a Malema could say, oh no, Nelson is old now, Desmond is old, so we're not going to listen anymore to them. Yeah. When radical new voices come on the scene and they seek opportunities for self-gain, what do we then do? So, 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 are we ever going to learn as, as humanity? If our belief is for peace and justice, our belief is to form a Quinonia community yeah. where, we, where we value um, yeah. uh, sharing and, uh, 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 I mean, you know, generous hearts. Can you imagine that, brother? Generous hearts. <laughs> you know, generous hearts. We, do, do we have that who praised God and, 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 and all of that, and people were adding to them. People saw in here an opportunity of hope. Yeah. A start of a new society 
new way of being society formed. But I think it all goes around for me and all who believe. What do we believe when we emerge from brokenness? Yeah. And is it for the common good of all? Will we move into that place where if we really embody Quinonia, isn't that going to be the best for us all? But that's not always there. Yeah. Because we don't believe commonly. It's interesting that this now follows last week's discussion where it was kind of the we wrapped up the Sermon on the Mountain where the, the tenets of Christian philosophy were laid down. And going into the Lenten period where, like I see through my wife's journey, it's moved away from fasting and giving up of, you know, luxuries. And it's moved to a more thoughtful, introspective place. And I was having a conversation with my daughter yesterday morning at the breakfast table. Where I said to her, because uh, um, the school that they used to be at, they used to have, they used to start the day with dance and a song, and then they'd say their creed, and within the creed is the values of the school. And then, like I explained to him that values are the path that leads you to your goals as an organization. But it's important to love those values. So we've now had this two, three-week discussion about the values within Christianity. And now we're at a point where you actually kind of have to live it. That's the point. And that's where most people get off the train. Yeah. It's hard. I think that's that's true. Yeah. It's lovely to talk about the things like the the bricks is there, the mortar is there yeah. and all of that, but now we need the skills to put the building together. Yeah. And maybe we've spoken about too much about bricks and mortar getting them here, but we haven't worked on our skills. Yeah. And we don't trust one another enough to say Will we, have we read the plan? Because the plan is that common thing between us. Yeah. We believe all the lines on the paper. We've studied it. But now, will our starting point be on common ground? Mm. Will, our, will our, the next thing, will the, the, the lines of measurement and all of that? So I think, I think you're right. I think you are right. Um, here's three things that the collect cites yeah. that I think are so important. Um, after it acknowledges who God is and how he's revealed Jesus, it says, now, firstly, Lord, we need transformation in our lives. What does that transformation look like in the image of Jesus, the beloved son? So, about the restoring of humanity, mm. of, our, of humanity in Christ. Secondly, transformation is one part of the equation. But now we need you to do some internal work. Write your law of love on our hearts. Mm. And I always, and I marvel when people say that. Just also, and what if I were now to look into my heart and say, what is really written there? Yeah. And who has written what is written there? Is it me? Because we talk about all the philosophies we've had. Yeah. Do we write them? You know, ourselves because we we live it. We 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 read stuff. We formulate our own things, yeah. 
and that's how we record we writing our narratives on our hearts on the on the template of our hearts on the on the on the tablet of our hearts but now we say okay maybe what we write there is not always a true narrative <laughs> you know so law we need a, we need the law of love because yeah. if we don't have that governing law no wonder we're doing what we're doing to one another but it must be central to our being and if all of us have that same law of love on our hearts we be motivated then to work for the common good yeah with our own strengths and our and our unique uh, talents and 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 our thinking you know to help us and the third thing is is and make us prophets of your shining splendor so we need people who can look to the future who can interpret the present in such a and the past in such a way that it would be able to point us into the direction of um when we look at that plan we start the building that's what we're looking to mm. to give us the koinonia the prophets of koinonia if i can put it like that in terms about them so in family life do we have people who's able to see where this family could go together yes even when emptiness syndrome happens even when parents get older yeah you know you have a plan you you've got a future that will continue keeping the family together there's going to be losses along the way loved ones will die yeah how do we keep the family together that how do we keep people still connected in truth to one another mm. um those three things that me stand out as very important uh, three things of three movements a, a rhythm of life Yeah. Uh, that 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 the prayer suggests that that for me says something of how we can build koinonia how we can you know have the dream of the future by by living it right now in the present even though our past may show such a lot of brokenness um and dysfunctionalism we can we can transcend this with that vision that was given on the mount of transfiguration uh-huh. where we needed to hear that in the valley listen to the son that pleases god and maybe we should say what are people listening to mm. that what do they have written on their hearts how have they shaped their own lives that words like greed selfishness has become issues of the day where you temple on the weak and the powerless in your assumed imagination yeah where you enrich yourself where corruption is now associated with human behavior why are those the narratives of our time mm. how are we going to rewrite the script and the answer is not in politicians in all of us together yeah it is not in 1% having everything and 99 with nothing because the year when you write the law when god writes the law of of love on our hearts we then are able to develop generous hearts and generous hearts doesn't mean that when i'm sacrificial i will have nothing generous hearts means that sharing happens yeah so that everybody will have at least a little 
I don't know. You you made a <laughs> you struck me with something there with like having the plan for the future of the family. Um, I why why it stuck with me was because I have been reflecting on my reactionary nature of being a father, and it's like I do my best to love the values that I want to pass on to my children but I'm also conscious that they are becoming their own people and I don't think like I'm paralyzed in that sense where I can't now jump in and try and make them fit my plan <laughs> and I I don't know I, I'm in two minds whether I'm being complacent with this idea of seeing the world through the children's eyes and just you know letting them blossom into whatever flower they become or should I be more involved should I be pruning the bush instead of just seeing where it grows. I think the first thing is, as you engage in it, I like the image of you and Isla sitting at the breakfast table in com communication with each other yeah. and talking deep things of life. And there is a 10-year-old yeah, with a 30-odd-year-old <laughs> father who's got three decades behind him, the fourth looming, and she's just about completed her first decade yeah. of life. And she has an opinion. And she's invited to have the conversation without restriction. She's able to articulate a response or start the conversation with an idea. Mm. I like that image. Um, that's both the present and the future in action. Mm. The second part I would like to say is observation. You have done input in your children with your presence and with what you teach and with your uh, example. But you see them emerging as human beings. Their minds developing, their bodies yeah. growing, their responses to life through education and the world around them. And in the observation, you are involved. You're taking notice, you make amends, you share in where necessary prune. <laughs> right? Because you, you have to do that with discernment. But mm. at the same time as they emerge, I, I just thought about, very excitingly I must admit, Bishop Margaret has, for the, for the last two years, themed our diocese with these words. I am because you are, yeah. because God is. So here's an emerging personality. You are becoming something of yourself when she becomes more of herself. Yeah. So observation and now the gift of receiving what she's giving you in her emerging humanity. 
and 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 so in your vocation uh, sorry in your communication they will be pruning it doesn't come through beating as they mm. say the alat of people it comes far more intensely with shaping the mind being renewed in the mind so that behavior can become i mean i i just take um this instruction that the Ephesians authors gave children members of the church mm. obey your parents in the lord for that is right why why is obedience a a a a a value that children should embrace to be able to assist the family in becoming more of the family because they are gift to us So how do they assist us in becoming more of a family? Yeah. Honor your father and mother. But it doesn't just address the children. It says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Well, it's obvious that it was happening those days. That's why he addressed it. Yeah. And it happens today. So how do parents and children build a koinonia within the family? And why is obedience and honor two values? Um, I'm not so sure what the positive part of proverb maybe encourage them, <laughs> discipline them, instructions. The I don't know what the opposite is, but do you see that it gives us a kind of a way in which to have a positive influence on each other's lives for the betterment of growing quinonia within the family. Yeah. Those kind, those kind of words to help us. Of course, we have a resistance as soon as we hear the word of. Obedi, obey. Yes. Then we think of slave master. Yes. But that's not the intention of obedience. It's about how we relate to each other in a positive way. Mm. Uh, it's obviously a suggesting that parents are supposed to know better. Yeah. And therefore, parents would not lead intentionally lead their children astray. Mm. When we baptize children, we say, "Then will you, as parents?" raise the children prayerfully would you teach them and will you example give them the kind of people they they are emerging to become so 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 going back to your breakfast uh table that's both for me the present and the future reality of our father and a child should be our parent and a child should be to the end of everything will we able to still sit at one table Yeah. That for me is the bottom line. If we can't think of a future, we will share the table with each other. Mm. We can and I did this in the podcast in the, in um uh, uh, what's name the other day uh, uh, um what's devotion. Yeah. What's the devotion? We have spoke about the table using Andrew Nolan's terminology. Jesus reclines at the table and then he tells the disciples, "Can I speak the truth to you?" Mm. And that, and and I still I still say the the context of intimacy, truth becomes a reality, mm. and truth transforms. Yeah, truth points to love, and truth gives us a future we can look towards. Oh, yeah. So now, why does Putin break up the house by breaking up the table? Because he's not willing to become vulnerable enough to have that truth. 
Because intimacy begins with vulnerability. So now you can identify and I can identify vulnerable position Jesus did. I can be in power on uh-huh. top of the mountain and I'm going to come and share the pain that you go through in the chaos of this life by being vulnerable. I will give you that free one this week. <laughs> <laughs> I won't push back on that. Uh, mostly because I was just reflecting as you were painting this idyllic picture um, of my relationship with my children. And I was thinking of how much of a fraud it sounded like because like this week, this last, these last two weeks has been very busy from a work perspective. I've been pushed to the edge of my late nights. It's been 10, 12 hour days every day. Um, and my temper has <laughs> frayed a little bit. Um, I, I try and I try to temper it. Um, but uh, like you know, when things just crop up and like your kids are unnecessarily argumentative or like just slowing down a very efficient process, <laughs> and then you lose your cool mm. a little bit. Uh, and yeah, it, it, it's 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 tough. But if raising people is tough. Yeah. But if your focus is, so we're going through this right now. Yeah. But, but we but we constantly thinking of that table experience. Yeah. So we need we know this is going to happen. We mustn't fool ourselves that Koinonia throws this out, but Koinonia teaches us how to deal with it. Yeah. So you don't do this with irritation. You do this because Koinonia is influencing your. Mm. Love has been written on your heart. You're a prophet of the future. Yeah. So when you have to deal with that, you deal with it on that, from that premise, yeah. not from the premise of, of irritation. Yeah. I think that is where uh, uh, Paul says, "Be careful of when you may, or the writer to the Ephesians, you may just um, be provocative." Mm if you are using another premise to deal with yeah. your children or with your parents. So I think it's really looking at what premises, I mean, are we, are we, are we engaging yeah. the brokenness? And that like right now, we all know that, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be in Mr. Biden's shoes mm. because like you with the daddy, Putin is an irritation yeah. of a child that's a bully and the parent can do nothing about it. Yeah. Because who has to act the adult in this crisis now? Yeah. Zelensky is because he's protecting his people. Yeah. He's not running away when he could have done so. Yeah. A lot of people have done that over the years. But who acts the adult when this happens? I mean, I was interested to know early on when you said Putin has yes men around him. Yeah. Because he knows if he has women around him, he's not going to get yeses. Mm. Women don't buy into war very easily. Well, <laughs> there was a there was a puppet um, in place before Zelensky. Oh yes, a woman um, yes. in, in Ukraine that was playing very very nice with Russia. Like that's. Uh, like in close, like that's the one of the central problems right now is because Zelensky is a comedian. Yes, of course. Who became a president? Yes. 
because he actually has empathy for the Ukrainian people and doesn't care about pleasing the Soviet overlord. <laughs> yes. Um, even the mayor of Kiev, Vitaly Klitschko, is a boxer. These are all yes. public, like celebrities yes. that have transitioned into, so they don't answer to Putin. Yes. And that's what he cannot Handle. take. <laughs> like he wants to install somebody there who's just going to play to his fiddle or dance to his fiddle. Yeah. 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 So, so unfortunately, again here, one needs to say, um, those are the prophets of the future. Mm. So they stand up for truth. And yes, prophets are often slain. The messenger is often killed. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean more prophets won't stand up. The more they stand up, the more others will begin yeah. to stand up. And we can see that happening now. I think their standing up has encouraged the Russians to stand up yes. to protest against this. And there are more people supporting Zelensky yeah. than there are people supporting Putin. Yeah. And that's probably making it even worse with his mindset. Yeah, but he's, he's too far down the road Of now. course he is. Of course he is. <laughs> I, mean, I, I looked at those convoys riding in yeah. there. I mean, I don't know how many trucks with all those weapons on there. Yeah. And then boasting to the world, to the to his people, this is what we've not done, and this is how much we feel, but preserving a lie at home. Yeah. What kind of society is Moscow becoming? Is Russia becoming? If they're going to live by that lie, mm. you know. And unfortunately, for the bully, he forces it with violence on you. Yeah. You know? So how do you build a nation? Mm. But this is the, the interesting thing about that Acts passage is there you see that the movement wasn't, the crucifixion was the catalyst. Yeah. But the movement was among the people. So it, it doesn't matter. Like the, the person at the top doesn't matter, the face of it, the, the martyr, the, doesn't really matter. It's, it's that, that hope gets continued. Yeah. Well, if you, if you want me to be theological, I will. Acts of the Apostles sometimes is called Acts of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so they captured the spirit of what Jesus was all about. Yeah. And enacted it here. I enjoy that interpretation of the Holy Spirit where it's actually the spirit of the people. It's not some <laughs> heavenly ghost that is <laughs> moving through. Um, and yeah, I, I think we, we, we can wrap it up there. Thank you very much. This has been a fantastic okay. conversation. Uh, could you close with the collie? I'm actually going to ask you, because I did raise up the collie, I'd like to close with this hymn that we've been singing throughout the three weeks. Yeah. As the prayer, called Happy Our Home When God Is There, if I may. Yeah. And uh, if you want to sing at home, you, you can look this up on the internet as well, peoples, and it's sung to the tune of Jesus, the very thought of you. So let us pray in closing. Happy our home when God is there, binding our hearts in love, blessing each day with moments shared, throwing our thoughts above. Happy our home when daily prayer bears every daily need, 
when parents share God's holy word and daily let him lead. Happy our home when children praise lifting our Saviour's name, when parents speak and show his love, faithful each day the same. Father of all, our God of peace, we look to you alone. Come with your precious gift of love and make our house your home. Thanks very much, Lindsay. I do, do appreciate you having spent this in-person time with me. It's my absolute pleasure. Thank you at home for listening. God bless, yes.